0: What's up everybody this is Dan from The Greatest Story Ever Played and for this episode of Greatest Story Ever Played Quest, I wanted to try something out. So uh, this weekend, this past weekend PlayStation had a tweet uh, that I saw that said what video game would you give your TED talk on? Uh, 30 minutes, no notes, no prep, what would you do? and you know the comment of course had lots of responses from people it looked like fun and then I thought about it later on the next day and I was like I want to try that out like that seems like a fun idea and so that's what got us where we are and I'm gonna try this out Um, no no notes nothing like that and just go for it and try to do a ted talk on a video game so as you probably would expect i'm gonna choose life is strange for this so welcome to my life is strange ted talk and uh... we'll see where it goes try to crack thirty um... just talking about alright so life is strange uh... my thoughts on this i guess I think the most first thing worth doing when talking about Life is Strange is talking about who this game might be for, who might be interested in it. And I think the first group of players who might be interested in Life is Strange are people who like choice-based games. So something like uh, Telltale's games, uh, like The Walking Dead or The Wolf Among Us, Batman. If you like those kind of games, you would probably like Life is Strange. Also. If you liked, uh, like, Branching Path-type games that are choice-based, such as Detroit Become Human or Until Dawn, Beyond Two Souls, that kind of stuff. Again, if you like those, there's a good chance you could like Life is Strange. With Life is Strange, I would say that it meets in the middle of those two groups, too. I would say that you have a little bit more freedom um, than you would in a Telltale game uh... with like the walking dead you're pretty confined to that one scene you can't really explore too much um, and your your choices are pretty binary it's doing a or doing b then when you go to life is strange i would say you have a little bit more freedom uh... your choices are still a or b but they do feel like they have a little more uh... to them but also your actual freedom within your level is a little bit bigger there's a little more of the level you could explore There's more optional conversations you could have, things like that. So I'd say it's a little bit more uh, than that. And then I would say at the higher end of tiers like that would be like Detroit Become Human or Until Dawn. With those, the patch branches, so it's not really A or B, but it's Route A could lead you down this way. Route B could lead you this other way. And so there's a little, I would say the choices, yeah, as evidenced by their name, branching path, do go farther out. Um, and and that you would have more freedom within that as well, that you could uh, do more within your level and interact a little more. So, I would say that's kind of, uh, yeah, I guess how the choice factor would come for Life is Strange. So, yes, if you like choices, I would say Life is Strange is for you. Secondly, I would say this game is for people who like sci-fi slash, like, coming-of-age tales. If you're into that kind of stuff this is probably a game you would like so like if if you're someone who was a fan of like stranger things i think you would like this if you were someone who liked the film stand by me you'd probably like this that doesn't have the sci-fi but it still has that coming of age um so if if that kind of demographic and stuff appeals to you then again i think this would be a game you would like and then lastly i think if you like um indie music or just kind of indie scene sort of in general i think this could be a kind of game you would like um i I wouldn't put it as the stature of this but i feel like it would sort of appeal to people who like films that were big at like the sundance film festival uh that they're you know maybe a little quirky a little strange um got some funny parts some serious parts uh indie aesthetic indie music that sort of stuff if you like that again i think you would be at home with these games so, yeah, I guess all in all, if, you, if any of those three boxes are checking out for you and you're resonating with them, I would say this is a game for you. And uh, I guess alongside that, if you think this is a game for you, but you haven't played it, I would stop now. I would go and play it, um, because I think going forward I'll probably spoil the game, but I uh, just wanted to kind of set the stage for us. The game also goes on sale quite a bit. Um, I think even in the last week or two on PlayStation, it was like four bucks or something like that. So uh, if you're remotely intrigued and you know maybe you don't want to pay full price, just put it on your wish list. Come back, like I think that's very very worthwhile. I know for me, when I got this game, I I liked Telltale, and this went on sale for like five bucks, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna try it out. Uh, we'll see. And it turned out I really loved it, and, you know, we're here. So, (laughs) we've got that. So, yeah. Go play it. Also, if you want to hear a lot of thoughts that I have on this game, uh, on The Greatest Story Ever Played, our regular podcast, there are a lot of Life is Strange things on there. Uh, I think in our first maybe 15 episodes, we did all of Life is Strange Season 1 and all of Before the Storm we also covered *Life is Strange 2* as it released, um, so that's over the course of I don't know a year, maybe all of 2019. There were episodes scattered through there. We also talked about the first several issues of the *Life is Strange* comic on the main podcast, and then uh, you know on this feed on the side quest one, my thoughts on the last several, on the last two trade paperbacks are available there too. So. Uh, I spent a lot of time (laughs) with this, so if you want to hear me talk about any of those things further, I I would go do that. Um, yeah, plenty of stuff there. Cool. Um, so I guess we talked about who Life is Strange is for. Now, uh, I think just talking about why I like this. Why why do I like this game enough that we choose to do this, to choose to do a TED Talk type deal (laughs) for it. Um and there's i don't know a lot of reasons one reason though is i really identify with max caulfield who is the main character in the first game and she uh resonates with me quite a bit uh although we're different you know she's a 18 year old photography student uh who's a girl in high school and also found out she has time travel powers i'm not any of those things you know instead i'm a guy in his early 30s who doesn't have any powers and or any photography skill either so we're pretty different from each other <laughs> in those regards but i think um personality wise there's a lot of how i would identify with her she's uh an introvert i would also fit that mold um you see her as she interacts through her school being um i would say more periphery a little on the. Uh, outskirts of her school she kind of wants to be friends with people but is also kind of nervous and can just be quiet kind of thing and that was certainly my experience through high school and you know some of college a lot of college probably like uh just being more reserved and more quiet and that's my natural disposition but I think also that sort of anxiety element that Max has I, I think that that's also pretty relatable of feeling like is is this dumb or not Um, I guess also I mentioned full spoilers ahead they're certainly coming I'm about to drop one though so final warning (laughs) but even uh, uh, one thing of Max that has always stood out to me of just like that anxiety and wanting to figure things out is at the end of uh, Farewell the Before the Storm bonus episode on the cassette Max uh, leaves a message for Chloe and she says I wanted to leave you one more message I don't know Maybe this is a dumb idea and then goes on to talk about how she cares about Chloe and, you know, wants to be there for her and be supportive. Um, But it starts out even with that uncertainty um, for her best friend in a traumatic spot. Even there, that sort of anxiety or uncertainty can go in and be like, I don't know, is it dumb to like reach out? And that is uh, exceptionally relatable for sure. I've had that all the time. (laughs) That's still one I can run into a bit more now. Uh, Some of the other stuff is a little less common in my life, but that's one that can totally be there. You know, even even just not seeing people I'm friends with for a while, it could be easy to be like, maybe this was a dumb idea. Um, And I think this is really great. Um, So with Max, she likes those things, Um, her personality is this way. And I really, really love this uh, just as a protagonist. You know, a lot of times in, uh, media, your protagonist can kind of have the, uh, I I would say, I would call it a shortcoming, of being too perfect, right? They're good at, they're good at things. They're self-assured. They're good at talking to people. They're good at the actions they need to do. People look up to them. They're good-looking. Like, you know, just a variety of, like, oh, they're just tens on everything. And that sort of sucks, you know? Some heroes are fine to be that way. There's something fun about your, like, Indiana Joneses or Nathan Drake's or whatever. There's something that's great about that and is enjoyable, but, like, all characters can't and shouldn't be that um, because likewise with people. There aren't tons of people who are like uh, (laughs) Indiana Jones or Nathan Drake. Sure, there are some who are just exceptional in a lot of areas and, like, you know, they just have a lot of tens in their life. But in, in reality, instead, there's a lot of people who are just kind of making it. That's what a lot of us are. We're figuring it out. Um, we've got shortcomings. And uh, you have to work within that. And so I really like that with Max, is that uh, she has personal shortcomings or challenges that are there. But then she's given a power, and she's like, I didn't want this responsibility. Like I didn't, but I've got to work within this kind of thing. And I think that's really great. I think that makes her uh, an amazing protagonist. Um, love that she's identifiable, but I also like that she's a real person in those regards. So, I really like that. So, that's my piece on Max. I guess moving over to Chloe as the other primary character in these games, in this game, uh, is... I like Chloe, too. Obviously, her flaws are clear. She's, um, angry, um, but also hot-headed, so she's pretty fast, to respond, she's brash, she's, um, unnecessarily rebellious at times, you know, that sort of stuff. She's out there, um, and she's a big personality, and, uh, a vocal person, and so, you know, what Chloe thinks and feels is very out there, whether good or bad, and is for, I don't know, everyone to take on kind of thing. Um, but... And those things make it seem like she's bad. She's not. She's she's caring. She's uh, unbelievably loyal. I think that's one of her best qualities. She's so loyal. She's been so loyal to Rachel uh, in this. She's really loyal to Max. Even when Max has hurt her, when, uh, I don't know, that little bit of uh, self-protection or whatever that Chloe has, once that starts to meld a little, uh, She's right there back to the same kind of loyalty to Max that she had before Max left kind of thing. So she's really great. Um, I also like uh, this duo of uh, friends or more, if you wish, Um, because this definitely fits with the kind of friends I've had uh, at times. Growing up, um, probably my first best friend I ever had in, like, elementary and middle school was like Chloe would be kind of the big personality that sort of thing um and then I moved so uh similar <laughs> to Max and Chloe and uh, uh yeah don't talk to them really anymore um but growing up had a had a best friend who was that way then in high school I had another best friend who was the same and uh, you know through high school until I, I think they they went somewhere else for college and we kind of Stopped, stopped hanging out so much after that. But, again, um, I don't know, seeing, like, that that those two kind of personalities can meld together. It was, I really enjoyed having friends that were uh, a, a best friend who's, like, a bigger personality, who's fearless and, you know, kind of wild and stuff like that. And I think Max and Chloe, you certainly have that, too. Um, and... I don't know. I I, I like that as a duo. I'm certainly drawn towards that personality-wise. As an adult, my friends aren't as wild, obviously, as Chloe would be, which makes sense. (laughs) People mellow down. (laughs) But just that that would be a thing. Um, So, I don't know. I like that. I think that really speaks into that time period. Like, uh, what it's like being 18 and trying to sort through things. That... I think what Life is Strange does there is very relatable. I'm like, yeah, I've been there. I get that um, kind of thing. So I really, really like that about this game. Uh, those two characters, I think, are one of the better relationships in games. They're one of my favorites there, and yeah, they, re- they really, really do a lot for me. And getting to even see Chloe in Before the Storm, that was nice too. I liked uh, getting to see her before she was full brash that she was in the main game in Life is Strange. And Before the Storm, she was a little softer, a little more insecure, a little quieter uh, parts. So she she wasn't like she was Max then, but she was more of a blend of... Max and the Chloe to come she did have some of those which uh I liked I thought they handled that really well because it's clear that she'd spent a lot of time after Max left just being sad and alone um which is sad um before she met Rachel and like um I don't know became a bigger personality and like all the time kind of thing the next thing that I really enjoy about these games is the setting. Pacific Northwest is fantastic, so uh, the first game and Before the Storm, both being in Arcadia Bay, Oregon, which is a coastal town, a small town, and then for Life is Strange 2, that starts off in Seattle, and then they sort of travel down the west coast to Mexico are those, and so what these bring, both these games, is a lot of good nature, Pacific Northwest nature uh, looks fantastic. Like, just the woods and uh, going through the parks, it's, it's really, really great. Um, seeing it animated and, like, the, the vibe or the feel of it, really, really like that. I also got to go out to uh, Oregon and Washington uh, last year, and that was super cool, just getting to be in the same area as them and it looking and feeling similar a cool thing that i got to do while i was out there was i went to tillamook bay which is a coastal town in oregon that arcadia bay was sort of based off of not fully but there are aspects like if you look at their lighthouse if you go to their lighthouse and then you look down at the city below it looks like arcadia bay it's really cool um Super enjoyable to see uh, stuff like that. And that was really cool to be there physically last year and get to uh, see glimpses of what it's like. Obviously Arcadia Bay is not a real place and you can't like full on capture that. But the little glimpses that were there really uh, were cool. And just an additional attachment to this game. I've never done anything like that for a game or a movie or something that I've liked, but with Life is Strange, it was like, we're gonna be out here and I wanna, I wanna see this thing, kind of thing, which is pretty cool. Like, um, I guess expounding on another thing I like about Life is Strange is just that it has gotten a hold of me in a way that I don't know if any, almost anything else has. I, I guess The Walking Dead has a hold on me in that manner because uh, i love the show i've read the comics a lot of the comics uh played the games talk about it with people so i guess walking dead would maybe be the only th- other thing that has a hold like this but life is strange has a pretty unique hold in my life um enough so that like when the first game was over and i finished it i created a reddit account um to browse a life is strange subreddit i was like i, I want to see what the people are into like what do they think about this game and hear that and then uh because of that kind of started seeing fan fiction get put out uh that people were making their own takes on max and chloe's adventures whether writing about what came after or rewriting something or making an alternate universe of max and chloe doing another thing and that like i was like fully sucked into that big time um before doing that uh before coming across life is strange I'd never read any fanfiction and had kind of put it in my head as, um, like, writing that sucks and would be basically like, so Mulder and Scully can have sex or something like that in the X-Files. Like, that's what it, <laughs> that's kind of what my misconception of fanfiction was. And, uh, you know, there probably is plenty of fanfiction that would fall into that department is that... It, it's just that. But uh, the Life is Strange fanfiction I came across was... It's been so, it's so good. I think... So I, I think I came across that in... Um, December twenty nine twenty seventeen 2017, maybe? Something like that. End of 2017, beginning of 2018, I think. Um, before the podcast ever started. But what happened was I just became... Uh, Enamored with these stories. I think the first like month and a half, I ended up reading like ten different fanfiction things or something like that. Like, I think all all in all, I've probably read about thirty now, uh, which is insane um, to me. Feeling like I've I've never been invested in a world so much. But I've you know, and and with that, reading ones that are huge, like not just ones that are five chapters, but reading ones that are eighty chapters and like stuff like that, and just being hyper invested and loving it and just love seeing here's these characters i love in this other way or here's these characters in this situation and uh it's really enhanced my love of the games even more just to get to see them in another way um or or just yeah that kind of stuff that's been so cool um and and yeah spreading to other things uh Reading the comics, uh, I I'd, I'd never really pursued that too much besides the Walking Dead comics, um, but that that's about it of comics I've read. I like comics, but I I never have like gone full on. But Life is Strange got me to check that out. Or uh, finding out that there were people like uh, Kothi who wrote music about Life is Strange, about different things in those, and some of those songs are among my favorite songs in general because. Uh, the way the song feels is wonderful, but then knowing those lyrics are about this moment in a game I love, and it just enhances it even more, making something that's great even better. Um, and then, uh, of course, uh, prompting to start the podcast. Life is Strange really prompted that for me to get me to say, let's, let's follow this rabbit hole where video games lead, where stories and games connect and enjoy stuff. That Life is Strange really got that started, um, which got this podcast to start and the main show. And, you know, because of that meeting so many wonderful people, um, especially with Life is Strange, Life is Strange is certainly a key part of people who like this show. I'm sure there are some people who... Follow our podcast and like the podcast, but don't listen to Life is Strange. But I think that's a smaller amount of people. Um, You know, they're among our higher watched episodes. You know, when I talk about Life is Strange on Twitter, that tends to get engagement. Like, people want to talk about it. People care about the games. Um, Also, as evidenced by Twitter, I just talk about Life is Strange probably a lot more than most other things. It just comes up quite a bit um, because there's a lot of care to it but that's been really cool too like getting to meet people um and make friends and stuff like that online because of this game series again not much has really impacted things in such a large way um but it's yeah it's so cool All, i guess yeah in, in impact too um i guess i mentioned kothi but even just the life is strange soundtracks those are key parts of uh, the music I listened to. My Spotify last year. Uh, all the songs I listened to, like, my, you know, when it did your year in review. What it just showed was that I listened to the Life is Strange soundtrack a lot and that I listened to the Night in, Woods, Night in the Woods soundtrack a lot. That was basically all it said. It was like, do you even like other music? <laughs> Which was funny. Uh, and, you know, I approved of it. I obviously like that stuff, but, um, it, you know, it was kind of funny. It was like, well, I can't really, like... Share this with people who don't play Life is Strange, it won't mean anything to them. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it, it's it's just impacted so much. Uh, I think the, I, I guess, as to content type, uh, I really like time travel stuff in general. I think that. Books, movies, TV, video games. Anything that has to do with time travel is pretty enjoyable to me. uh, Because that's really the question we probably all deal with. What if uh, this thing happened instead? What if I met this person instead? What if I went to this college instead? What if, you know, I'd gotten in this car with someone? You know, whatever. Uh, That... Yeah, what, what's going on out there? How could how could that go? I, I think that that's just such an interesting uh, topic, I guess, genre, any of that stuff. Like, I yeah, I'm really drawn to that. I think that it's it's pretty intriguing. And what would you do with that? Because uh, I don't know. To me, those stories don't have to end the same way. But a big thing you see how they end is, man, having this power wasn't that great. Like I needing to live in the moment is uh, all all you really can get even if you could stop time um I think a, a a good take on this that I really liked was uh the film about time which is uh kind of a more romantic comedy drama drama dramedy maybe that sort of range but I love it I love how you sort of deal with time in that in that there are some things that are really cool about this but there are other things that really aren't and how do you reconcile that what do you do um how would that affect how you live i think that that's really great and each and each kind of time thing brings it up in a different way a few weeks ago i finished the book uh dark matter which again hit up time stuff and alternate universes and it was cool like uh just how they dealt with that and likewise how life is strange of course deals with this and this is what I'm talking about but that life is strange deals with this and what your your actions will have consequences uh, even like the the little uh, the butterfly coming in says this action will have consequences in the little melody you hear uh, there's something that's super enjoyable about this and just just seeing it of um, yeah what you do matters uh, and that each thing counts, even if it, um, quote-unquote, didn't happen in real time, you know. So in the game, you can interact with people and then rewind it to try to get a more favorable interaction or change the dialogue. So maybe they don't remember having those experiences with you, but you do. And how, how do you navigate that? How do you build trust in those things or authenticity uh, within that? Something in this, I feel bad that I forget which one it is, but something in one of the fan fictions that i read maybe it showed up in a lot i'm just remembering it only once but is with max and chloe as their like relationships developing that they made a rule that you can't time travel without telling me you can't rewind our fights or like things like that like we have to live in the moment as much as we can and always be honest about when we're using the powers and i think that's really great because you do need to uh in that situation, with Chloe, of course, it'd be unique since she knows about Max's powers, but even all the people who don't, like, you could really be manipulative if that's how you want it to be, which isn't how Max wants to be. Uh haven't, you know, you don't really see much of that in her. Uh, I guess you could if you really embraced it, but I didn't. Um, Max doesn't seem like the kind of person that would do that at all. Maybe she'd do it if she was afraid or, like, a confrontation happened. I could see her rewinding that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, really cool. Love that genre, though, with uh, time travel and alternate universes, dealing with that stuff is great. Uh, I guess the last thing that uh, I guess I want to say is what I love about Life is Strange is uh, the quotes in this game? There are so many quotes um, for me through this game series that just cut to like the core of me. Um, that were so like powerful and hard hitting that um, I just love, and that they stay with me. That are emotionally powerful now, thinking about them. Let alone you know when I played them for the first time, or you know if I go to choose to watch them on YouTube later. Like, I'll, I'll still possess those same feelings. So, a couple of highlights um, for those that I think are really great is, one is Max's cassette that I mentioned from Farewell and Before the Storm. Um, I really, really love uh, the, that that tape, the quotes there. It, it's so good. Um, and And even just the... 8th grade Max or 7th grade Max doesn't quite understand everything that's going on but she's trying to be supportive in how she can you know uh the, even if I never even if we're moving for good I'll always always love you right the the care is, is there I'll always love you but also not understanding like you're not coming back your your dad your family had to move your dad got a job in Seattle like sorry um you know, uh, and just this converged spot that she's still a kid, I guess, in that, too, Chloe's grown up, right, um, Chloe's had to grow up at that point, once her dad was gone, like, you're an adult, that, that sort of, that fit in her, but Max isn't quite there, she's still kind of a kid, but her earnestness, her care is also there, um, obviously, we know that Max went AWOL after that, um, and that sucks, you know, that's not good, um, I can see how it could get there though as I mentioned with some of the anxiety stuff I get how she could get there it's uh disappointing but I get how she could be there um other quotes um I really loved uh unfortunately I'm I'm a sucker for the tragic quotes those are among my favorites but um in the junkyard uh Chloe and Max finding Rachel what kind of world does this who does this Ashley Birch was, uh, amazing there, she's amazing always, but, you know, that's such a, a raw, hurt feeling, and it makes, it, that's how I would feel, uh, I think that's incredibly powerful, um, the, of course, on the cliff, in, uh, the final episode prior to the decision, I think Chloe's speech there, and, and her dialogue with Max, Max's dialogues back are good, too, um. But, you know, I can't make this choice. No. You're the only one who can. Um, and this just, like, I don't know, full assurance of love and friendship in that whole thing. Of I'm overwhelmed. How can, how can anyone, how can anyone deal with this? How can I deal with it? It's like, no, you can. I believe in you. Um, and that you're gonna make the right call. Whatever you do. You have my full support. Um, Fantastic! It's so so good. Um, I, I guess I'll leave on a happier quote, um, but one of my favorite moments, too, is the Tempest play, which uh, is so good. Costumes look fantastic. You know, uh, every everything's great. It's so good, um, and when. Rachel goes off script um it says the corners of the earth are mere prologue uh that you're you know we'll go everywhere I i as long as we're together like I'm in that kind of thing I, I love it it's so good um and awesome it, yeah so cool uh really love that I'm, I'm gonna go watch that after this <laughs> love it it's so great um but, yeah, I, I guess all in all, I would say this is my TED Talk. I hope that it was uh, enjoyable and a fun exercise to hear. Um, if you guys like this, uh, I'd love to know it. If you do, maybe I'll try this out for another game uh, and see how that goes. Um, and if it you didn't like it and it sucks or something, that's okay, too. <laughs> uh, we'll just know. But I'm, I'm glad I got to try it, and it was kind of fun doing something a little different uh, to see kind of what happens but uh, yeah thank you so much for listening uh, thanks for the support for the podcast in general um, yeah it's just fun getting to do stuff and you know try something off of it uh, just kind of came up over the weekend and seeing it so uh, yeah if you'd like to get in contact with us uh, you can do that on twitter at story ever pod our website's thegreateststoryeverplayed.com you can have access to all our old Life is Strange episodes there and um yeah talk to me about life is strange you got thoughts love to hear them and uh yeah see you next time